Okay, good morning, everybody. Everybody's well. Happy Wednesday. Those that are here live, what an honor to be with you again. Yesterday, we were talking about this idea of um, values. What I meant by that is the ability to hold on a second, is the ability to. It's really to understand that the world is going to give us the lessons that we need to become the people that we are. That's really the essential point, which is part of the belief structure of a divine intelligence, part of the belief structure of I have purpose in this world and the world isn't random. Part of that is not only do I face challenges that are custom built for me, which is what we're going to talk about with God's help um, towards the end of the week and the timeless lessons, because this week's Torah portion, Jacob fights the angel and in the afterwards becomes Israel. It's an amazing concept that the, the moment, remember, God gives it to him, but the moment that we first hear of the transition from Jacob to Israel, right? Jacob means I held on to the ankle from the bottom to Israel means I'm the, the, the Tsar, the, the, the officer to the top it takes place after he battles Asav's angel, right? This idea that the challenges in our lives are really the pathways to the blessings to who we really are, right? So understand that if you really have a vision that speaks to or that believes in a non-random way of seeing the world. That means that everything has purpose. So that means that what you're going through is custom designed for you. Now we don't understand why. And if you, in fact, if you spend too much time, why you're going to drive yourself insane? Not really, but just figuratively for those that are taking this literally. And you know who you are, if that's you, not literally. But the understanding that whatever I'm going through, whatever challenges are placed before me is for my benefit. But it, it's also something else. And this is really where it gets even more incredible, which is not only is God giving me the challenges to bring out the muscles that I have, he's also sending me the teachers, right? He's also sending me the lessons. Just process that for a second while I start. Right? Just process that for a second. That the lessons that I need in my life are also custom built to me. Right? Like, think about that. That I have been given the lessons that I need to learn to get through the challenges that are in front of me. Which is why certain people are in my life. Which is why certain people are not in my life. Which is why I happen to really connect to certain material. Forget the stuff that draws me down to becoming more animalistic. Right? There's material that does that. And if you're aware, if you're sensitive to it, you'll, you'll, you know. 
Like if you're sensitive to the moments where you feel more like an angel, because every one of us is part angel, part animal, right? That's how it works, right? The body and the soul split and the body's animalistic, right? It's a body and the soul is angelic and we have both, right? That's why we're not animals and we're not angels. We're both. So we have the ability to lower ourselves or the ability to elevate ourselves. And if you're sensitive, you will pick up on the moments and the times that you feel more animalistic, right? You'll, you'll be around people. And when you're done, you want to be more material. You'll feel it, right? If, if you're sensitive to it, you'll hang out with some people and you'll walk away and be like, I want to make more money. or I want to wear nicer clothes or I want to eat more food, right? Or I want to indulge in more pleasures, whatever. There are people, there are materials, there are things, there are songs, there are, there are triggers around me and you that are driving us downward. But there are also triggers that are driving us upward. Not random. That teacher in whatever grade, that parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle. I've got a good friend of mine um, whose uncle happens to be like a real leader, community leader. It's his uncle. And we were talking like, I don't know, like six months ago. And he was having a real hard time with his family. Like a really hard time with his family. And he's like, this is ridiculous. I've got an incredible uncle. Like he's not like in my immediate family, but there's some challenges in his immediate family. And as opposed to constantly beating his head against the wall, he's like, you know what? Why don't I just create a deeper relationship with my uncle? And he did. And it's been amazing for him. Like, not necessarily does everyone have to have it in the same few relationships. Some people get it with people that they watch or read or listen to or learn from or go to their classes or their boss or I don't know. Everyone has that which speaks to them. It's an amazing thing. You know, everyone, sometimes you'll say, you say, you'll tell somebody like, did you hear that thing? Or did you, you know, read that thing? And they'll be like, be, the other person will be like, all right. And you'll be like, are you crazy? Like, that's amazing. And the other person's like, not as blown away. You know, why is that? Maybe because, because the thing is for you. And that stuff speaks to you. And something else speaks to somebody else. This happens sometimes, especially in religion. Where some people are moved by more of the rituals, practice. Some people move more by the prayers. Some people are moved more by the study, the learning, and the intellectual pursuits. They're not better than each other. You always got to do a certain amount, right? You have to have a certain, you know, but... Each person has their own path. Each person not only has their own path in terms of where they are and where they're growing to, but each person has their own thing that they connect to. Why? Why? Because it's custom for you. Doesn't you give up if it's hard on other things? Doesn't mean if you're, you know, if you're in fourth grade and it's hard to do this, you're like, it's not me. Right? It doesn't mean that you, you don't explore. What it means is that 
when you when your eyes and your ears are listening for the lessons that God is sending you, you see it in a lot of places in your life. Sometimes you're struggling with a problem and God sends you somebody with a similar problem who you give advice to. Because by articulating that which you already knew but couldn't bring out because it was you and you were biased to it in somebody else's problem, that's your lesson. It's you. It's your knowledge. It's what's inside you. Sometimes you think of people and you wish you can be like them. Well, guess what? Maybe they're in your life because you can be like them. Maybe if you couldn't be like them, you would never think you can be like them and you would never wish you can be like them. Maybe the reason why they're in your life is because God is showing you, yeah, you can be like that. What happens to people is that we tend to start to learn lessons from very limited places and in very limited times. When we're in, we're younger, we go to school and we sit in classrooms and like that's where we're supposed to they download lessons in life. But somehow when we're older, we don't really have those times. We don't really have, we don't even have time. If someone gets up that's smarter, more intellectual, more religious and speaks, that's a place to learn lessons. But if you are walking by the street and see, you know, a squirrel jump over a, a fence fearlessly, that's not really a lesson. Even though King Solomon says you can learn so much from animals like ants. You see, the wisdom of King Solomon was that he learned it from everywhere. The wisdom of the Pirkei Avot which is the ethics of our fathers, is Ezehu Chacham, who is wise, who learns from every person. And you watch somebody do something and you are you go into a store that you won't even look twice at, but you see a person take his craft seriously, be proud of his work. And even if you don't appreciate what that is, because to you, that's not work that's important. Because you were raised to think that only these careers are important. It doesn't matter. Because to that person, they're tending their craft. You may go somewhere and see somebody cleaning up the garbage behind you. And stop what you're doing and say, that person's working super hard in an honest wage to support their family. That's something to learn from. See, when you when your eyes are open for the lessons that God has for you, they're, they're everywhere. Everywhere. You look around and the world is teeming with wisdom. There's wisdom in everything. And there's actually a concept like that in Jewish thought. I'll say it in, um, it's actually Aramaic. And translated, it's Histaka Belraisa, Ubara Alma. It's, the, it's a famous statement when, that when God created the world, he looked through the Torah. Meaning the world was built with deep, wise principles 
And if you look closely, you'll see the same principles manifest in different areas and environments. You go to different homes, you see pretty similar things. And when you tap into the wisdom that is in everything, it doesn't negate the need for articulate wisdom. It doesn't negate the need for what we would call like intellectual practice. It opens you up to hearing and seeing the values and the principles of greatness in everything in life. You're always looking for it. You always see it. And you point it out in other people, and they don't even see it themselves. This is what we spoke about yesterday, about this concept of you know general versus specific inspiration. People that are generally inspired will come out of a class or hear a story and be like, that was so inspiring. We'll, we'll not really know what that what inspires them. So when they have to go out and do something great, they don't really know that they can do it. That's what happens to general inspiration. You assume that you're inspired by somebody else, but that person is the great person, right? You're inspired by them, not because of anything to do with you. And this, by the way, is very much supported in our culture. We live in a celebrity culture. We, America or the West is, I don't know if it's the West, but it's for sure America is obsessed with celebrities, obsessed with celebrities. It's an amazing thing. So much so that thousands upon thousands of young people want to be celebrities and they don't even care for what reason. And I'm not taking for people, but the, the culture that exposure is in itself a value is an incredibly new phenomenon, I think. Always there were people that were exposed, but at least maybe I'm for the sociologists and the historians that may be opining, maybe you'll find that I'm wrong. But my gut tells me that at some point we went from somebody's a celebrity because they're great at what they do and the world values that sports, uh, acting, you know, science, whatever, to celebrity is in itself a job. And so. There's a value in just being celebrity. And what happens in a culture that values celebrity, forget what it does to people. Let's just forget that part. How it, in many cases, if you're, if, if a person is pursuing celebrity for celebrity's sake and not because they're just working on their task and people happen to be watching, right? When you look at, let's say, take you look at like great athletes. Take a guy like Tom Brady, who I like to quote a lot because I learned a lot from him, even though he was a patriot. I don't think Tom Brady wakes up in the morning and goes, how do I get more celebrity? I think Tom Brady wakes up in the morning and says, how do I become a better football player? This is my craft. It just happens to be that Tom Brady's craft is something that people care about. Now, Tom Brady, in my book, is not any better than the world's greatest third grade teacher. I don't think the... the I think Tom Brady is one of the world's greatest quarterbacks. I think if you take the world's greatest quarterback and you put them next to the world's greatest third grade teacher, at the very least, they're equal, even though maybe the teacher's better. But okay, 
But at the very least, they're equal. I don't think that Brady is better than a third grade teacher. But you may not have heard of a third grade teacher because the world doesn't care as much to give celebrity to the teacher. But Tom Brady's not thinking of how do I wake up every morning and be a celebrity. It happens to be that his profession attracts exposure. So he becomes a celebrity. But when you live this way and you're just working on your profession and you get celebrity for it, that's fine. But when you live in a world where there's a job called being a celebrity and the goal is not the the craft, it's not the teaching or athleticism or research or uh, whatever it is or, or art, it's followers and views it feeds into this world that there's the haves and the have-nots. There's the people that are celebrities. And then there's the rest of the world. And it creates a fiction that they can do great things. So when I get inspired by a celebrity, it's because they have something that must have drawn them to being the celebrity. They have a special sauce. And so I can be inspired by them and then end my inspiration by saying, that's them. That's Tom Brady. Of course, he's Tom Brady. It's so inspiring how he practices like crazy. It's so inspiring that the day after the Super Bowl, he's watching 20 hours of game film. It's incredible how a guy can do that. That's Tom Brady. So I'm inspired. And then I end with, but that's Tom Brady. So then I can go back to my life. So then when I have to hit the wall and when I am working on a project for my own little tiny business, and I really should go through over it five more times so that when I present it, it sounds great, but I'm tired. I don't think, hey, there's a concept called preparation, a commitment to excellence, to value that I should put in my life. I learned that from Tom Brady. Okay, he does it at his level. Why can't I do it in mine? Maybe I won't put 20 hours. Why can't I put in five? I won't extract it. I'll say, that's Tom Brady. He's a celebrity. He must be different than me. This culture that we live in creates a mental distance between the few people that I watch behind the screen and the rest of us. And as if It's as if once you get passed into that screen and I know you, you're different. There's no difference. There's no difference at all. The more that we think that, the harder it is. We're going to talk about this. We'll talk about it. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Recently, I was calling around for a certain friend of mine who needed a specific doctor. When I called another friend, he said to me, he had a great doctor for him. I said, great. What insurance does he take? He said, I have no clue. I don't have insurance. I said, what? How could you not have insurance? He told me that over the past few years, he had paid over $100,000 towards health insurance. And because Baruch Hashem, him and his family were healthy, they hadn't gotten any benefits out of it. He felt like he was wasting his money on insurance premiums and deductibles. So instead, he switched to United Refua Health Share which is saving him over $20,000 a year. I was like, really? How? So he explained to me what a health share is. 
A health share is a group of people who share religious beliefs. For us, it's Jewish beliefs, who share in each other's medical expenses. I help you and you help me. It's as simple as that. It's basically at its best. So I asked him, how do you use top doctors if you have no insurance? He said, as, as uninsured patients, they're free to choose any doctor or hospital and are eligible for sizable discounts. When they need medical care, the top doctors in the country are available to them. No in-network restrictions. Amazing. Totally flexible. He's now paying $499 a month for his whole family, as opposed to his previous cost of over $2,000 a month, which is basic for an insurance plan. The cost is based on the membership size. And in addition to all these benefits, he says their customer service is five stars. He never had to wait on hold. He gets his answers right away. And his bills are processed faster than ever. Go to learn more about United Refua at www.unitedrefua.org or call them at 1-855-SHARE-55. 1-855-SHARE-55.